Welcome back, everyone. Hello. Hello. On behalf of our entire flight crew, thanks for soaring with us. Hello, everyone. It is Disney Brit Bite Size. Thank you for joining us once again. It's our mini show in between the big show. So we bring you a show every single week. And it's where we talk about one particular topic. And uh, we try and keep it shorter than the normal show. But if it's anything like the last couple, we end up waffling on for ages because we've got so much we want to talk about. So Alan's here joining us again. Hello, Alan. You're right, Adam. Hi, everybody. How are you? Not too bad, actually. I, I did some good cooking off. The other night, you, you did. I noticed that you'd already done the cook off. I've not done that yet. That'll be uh, next weekend's job. The the best thing I can say about it is very very tasty. Good, that's good to hear. To be honest, I don't think we've made other than those noodles. I don't think we've made anything so far that we could say was horrendous. Yeah, the noodles were pretty. And it, well, I know in previously versions of the um, Disney Brit show, we used to we did um, what they call it the cheese soup. Yeah, we've done that before. Yeah, well, you did, didn't you? In- I don't think I did that. Added, I made about forty gallons of it. That's right. And um, if you don't like cheese, you know that was horrendous. Anyway, I like cheese. We're not anyway. talking about Disney food this week, are we? Not yet. No, we are talking about Disney park icons. And this yes. kind of uh, links back to something we did on the show oh, a couple of months ago now. Oh, I'm going to guess at 154. About episode 154, we were talking about, uh, well, we did a sketch to do with the dismantling of Mickey's hat uh, over at Magic uh, Magic Kingdom, over at Hollywood Studios, and uh, we we did a little sketch, and we're going to replay that sketch today, and that's going to take us into talking about the Disney park icons, and we've got all sorts of stuff we want to talk about. Uh, We're going to talk about each of the park icons, give you some facts and some information about those icons that you might not know. We've also got a bit of debate to have uh, between us, and we haven't discussed this beforehand on purpose, as to what is the next park icon for Hollywood Studios. What has Disney decided and what do we think the next one should be? So we're going to talk about that as well and uh, and see how long that takes. So I think it means we have to start off with that sketch that we did a couple of months ago to do with Mickey's Sorcerer's Hat. Here it is. Gary, how you doing, man? Oh, good, man, good. Last night was awesome, wasn't it? Oh, I'd use the term wild. It's just a shame we have to start this new job today. A shame? Surely you mean you're amped about working for the Walt Disney Company? No, what I mean is I just prefer to be in Taco Bell and she can five with Dorito tacos. True, true. How many does he end up eating? Well, I got a pain on the 11th one, but it was the Pintos and Cheese that finished me off. Oh, dear. You all right? Yeah, I'll be fine. It's, it's just my guts are bubbling. Come on, then. The sooner we get the work out of the way, we'll, and we'll blend in with the crew around here, the better. Um, excuse me. Do you know where we can pick up our job sheets? You're new here, aren't you? Ha, yeah. We're the new crew. Right. You guys have got a lot of learn. You'll need to go down to assignment and shout out toodles. She'll sort you out. Cheers, thanks. Show toodles. I've worked on plenty of sites in England. I can see a wind up a mile off. Right, let's find the assignment. Gary, keep it in, will you? There's other people around here. 
You'll make us a laughing stock if you drop one. Try, really, I am. The sooner we get outside, the better. I feel like I'm fully inflated. Okay, yeah, uh, same as here we are. Here we are, we're sorted. This magical day. Fine, I guess. Well, I'm fine, but he's uh... also doing fine. Can we hurry up and get some work done? We're after our job sheets. Your mouseka job sheets? Your what? Mouseka job sheets. Every aspect of our work is magical and phantasmic. We also proceed most things with mouseka. Okay, we'll get used to it, I suppose. Uh, can we have our mouseka job sheets, please? Sure thing. Okay, your mouseka job for today is taking down Mickey Sorcerer Hat in Disney's Hollywood Studios. According to this, you'll need some mouseka tools. Here's the mouseka tool bag. You need a mouseka hammer, mouseka spanner, a mouseka screwdriver, mouseka angle grinder, mouseka blowtorch, mouseka harness, mouseka snips. I thought we were never going to get out of there when she started reading that mouseka list out. I know I was on the edge of a mouseka duck call. It's fine now we're outside. She said, just walk up to the hat. Well, we're nearly there. Now what? Uh, pass me that, um, uh, squeaky speaky. Uh, Mouska boss, this is Gary and Barry over. We're outside the, uh, Mouska hat site over. Um, we're awaiting further Mouska instructions over. Mouska Gary, Mouska Barry, this is Mouska Harry speaking. I'm over by the Indie Stone Show. I'll be over in about 10 minutes. If you go through the Mouska hoarding, climb the Mouska scaffold, I'll be over and explain your Mouska work. Nope, Mouska problem. Go on then, Barry, I'll follow you up. Cheers, mate. Don't you even think about it. I'm in the line of fire here, and there's a lack of draft through. At least try and wait until we get to the top. Look, I'm sorry, mate. I know we're stuck on a platform and there's nowhere to go, but I need to cut one. I'm starting to look like Baymax with the amount of gas building up in here. Right, okay. But try and keep it down and short. Fine. This is Mouska Harry here. What are you two Mouska guys doing? We can hear you all the way over at Echo Lake. Boy, is it echoing. Um, nothing. Why? You do realise that you're basically standing in the mouthpiece of a huge megaphone? I'm on my way over now. Thanks, Barry. We're here to blend in and not draw attention to ourselves, and you lay one out like a bugle on a music arena. Trouble is, there's more. Well, nip it in, nip it in! For the past 10 years, Orlando attraction tickets have been providing the UK with cheap Disney tickets for Walt Disney World and the surrounding Orlando attractions. With a low deposit scheme of just £10 per person, you can book your tickets in advance knowing you're in good hands. Orlando attraction tickets are the only ticket company to allow you to pay your balance off in instalments online and with no credit or debit card fees, free UK sign for delivery and you are fed Fast Pass Plus enabled tickets now shipping. 
There is no other choice for your Orlando ticketing needs than Orlando Attraction Tickets. Visit www.orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk or call 0845 226 8523. That's orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk or call 0845-226-8523. Do you hear that? It's the winds of change. Right, this is Disney Bit Bite Size, and I thought the winds of change was quite appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I'd play that one. Uh, there you go, that is the... Um, sketch that we played on uh, episode if, if nothing one, else it amused me still it still made me chuckle as well even though we've heard it so many times it's, <laughs> it still does make me chuckle uh, right so we're talking about Disney Park icons and obviously Hollywood Studios had Mickey's Sorcerer's Hat for the past good number of years as its park icon and that's now gone and that's what brought us onto this particular conversation so we wanted to talk about the different park icons that you see in each of the parks our opinions of them and give you some information about each of them and, uh, and hopefully you'll learn something new that's kind of the plan I suppose isn't it yeah, fingers crossed. Um, you never, you never know what we're going to get out of this this one because, you know, when, when we first came up with the, the concept of talking about the icons, yeah, we thought this could be a five minute conversation. Yeah, but it, it depends how deep we go into it. Yeah, so. we, we've got a lot of information on on those different park icons, and I think uh, that will make a, a big difference to kind of how how long we talk about it and how much we talk about it and I know that a lot of people who listen to our show really like the detail and all that information that goes with it so uh, we'll try and keep you informed and keep you interested at the same time hopefully fingers crossed if not it's a 30 minute sleep you'll be good so I suppose we start with the original the one that uh, Walt Disney himself came up with the one he called the weenie uh, yes. We have, you say that, which was Cinderella's castle, which stands in the centre of, uh, in the centre of. Do you know, what, I've got to stop about? you there, Adam, because you said what you didn't did I, want to say. No, I did it on purpose. The, that was the build. Oh, you see, ruined it now. Sorry, it's not called Cinderella's castle. No, it's probably one of the most mis- biggest misconceptions people make. It's called Cinderella Castle. Okay. But why? But why? Well, very good question. It's not Cinderella's castle, is it? You know, this is not necessarily the castle from the movies. It's a castle that is like one that Cinderella had. It's not a possessive thing. It's like we've got Prince Charming Regal Carousel in Fantasyland. It's not his carousel. So it's right, one okay. of these things that Disney does. So yeah, you got to make, it's not Cinderella's castle. It's Cinderella Castle. Uh, it is the original park weenie. It's the one that uh, Walt came up with himself. It's over a hundred foot taller than its original. Uh, which is in Stephen Beauty's castle, Stephen Beauty Castle, sorry, in California. Um, it's amazing to think that they've actually built it at 100 feet higher than the original. That's a massive difference between the two. It's a huge difference, but then it also makes you think that the other one is tiny. Yeah, well, the other one, I always think it's Cinderella Castle, uh, Sleeping Beauty Castle in California. It's kind of someone stood on it and squished it, and it was wider, uh, but not as tall. And that's what yeah. it always feels like because it's much, much lower. But they wanted this to stand out. You know, they wanted it to be something that could be seen in and around the area. And the, the good thing about this is that wherever you are coming towards it, whether you're on the monorail or whether you're coming across on the ferry boats, it stands out. It's so clear that it's in the middle of the park. Yep, true. So it's massive. And, and obviously that was one of the reasons for it. Yeah. Because obviously the whole concept of the... Did you say weenie or weenie? Weenie. Weenie. Is weenie something wrong? Yeah, that's... If that's an American term for a 
Right, okay. The weenie. Um, it's, is that it's you can see it from everywhere and it gave you a sense of direction. That's right, yeah, something like that. The, a wiener is an American term for a... Um, <laughs> rude. Uh... <laughs> Um, so, yeah, it gave everyone a sense of direction, they knew where it was, you know, originally when they built this, this was the park, this was the only one, and Disney wanted something that would really stand out, and something that everyone would be able to see for a good number of miles, and that's exactly why they did it. So it stands at 189 feet, why? Um, well, 200 feet meant it would have to have a big red blinking light on top of it to warn any low-flying aircraft that were coming over. And, of course, when Disney built Disney World originally, one of the things he wanted, just the other side of the lake, was an airport. A small airport so you need to be able to fly over or near the castle in order for the planes to land at that particular airport so he didn't want anything that a would be too tall so it could affect flight paths and b you wouldn't want a big blinking red light on top of cinderella castle uh, unless rude. it was in wishes unless it's in wishes which is slightly different yeah so they had to uh, make sure that it was under that 200 feet so they made sure they were well and truly under the uh, 200 feet so that it would uh, it would be able to stay there without a light on top which is good it's a really interesting building it's a really interesting shape how many bricks do we think are inside Cinderella castle well clearly it's not bricks it's con it's not concrete it's granite it's not granite either no this is one of the amazing things and one thing that a lot of people look at and go these bricks look how many bricks there are there's thousands there's hundreds of them there's none there is not a single brick in there it is all made from concrete and steel and all those bits and pieces on the inside and then outside of that it is covered it's, it's supposed to kind of give this marbling effect i suppose but it's steel and concrete 600 tons of steel um which create the and the inner structure and then that's got 10 inch reinforced concrete walls uh and then it's got concrete foundations and then although it looks like it's got bricks it hasn't the actual exterior is a really really hard kind of fiberglass enforced plaster I suppose and that's metal studded and believe it or not the roofs of Cinderella Castle are actually made and this always surprised me it's made from the same type of plastic that make computer monitor shells so there you go you mean so, um, aluminium like we've got on yeah, our no not like on our Macs no like the ones you used to get at school for those of you uh, you know and they're big massive monitors made of plastic the roof the green is screens. Actually, yeah the roofs are made of exactly the same types of plastic so uh so yeah, I've, I've got to say that the roof on Cinderella Castle. Yeah, I love the colour of it. It's got such a depth to the shade of blue. Mm, yeah, I like the blue on there as well. It's a really nice colour. And again, they've thought about those colours. They're very, very important. One of the the good things about sort of Disney World and, and California to an extent is that Disney didn't have any castles nearby in which they had to compare it. To, anybody could compare it to. They didn't exist. They don't exist in America. Whereas when they built the one in Disneyland Paris, they'd got. Um, castles down the road that they could people could compare it to so they had to do something a little bit different whereas they had nothing to compare it to when they built both Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella Castle so they could kind of go as much as they want to with it and do as much as they want you know you could have hundreds of towers on it if you wanted to and it wouldn't make any difference yeah. um, which is the reason why Cinderella Castle's got 27 towers on it so uh, it's got a huge amount 27 oh. towers right, okay well, while you're, while you're, you're yeah, rubbishing about 27 I'm yeah. going to count them. You're going to count them? Well, you can count them. Um, yeah. There are 27 towers there, but they're numbered 1 to 29. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I'll, I'll trust you because some of them will be behind the back. Yeah, it's 27 towers, although they're numbered uh, 1 to 29 because both towers 13 and 17 were sort of deleted during construction. They got rid of them. They basically said, we can't really see them anywhere within the park. That's mainly due to kind of obstructions of other buildings, particularly in places like Fantasyland because they were around the back. They went, just get rid of it. So we don't need this, we can go. And next time you're walking down the uh, 
Walking down Main Street, you can impress your friends. You go, look there. So there's 27 towers, although the number to, uh, 1 to 29. The tower with a clock in front of it, that one there, the that's uh, number 10. The tallest is number 20. And that one there with the golden roof tower, that one's number 23. So there you go. You can tell them all those wonderful things. Mm. So there there's, there's actually some tiny little towers on it. There are. There's some massive ones and really small ones, but they're all classed as those different towers. Interesting. So. I wonder what they actually use them for. Well, they use them for all sorts of things. You've got, obviously, the um, the Cinderella uh, suite in there, which they open as part of the Year in a Million Dreams. You can still stay in. There's areas, obviously, Tinkerbell needs to fly from um, and all those bits and pieces. There is one area that was a, a tele. Uh, telecoms tower, part of the telecoms building. So they would right. uh, have all of these people holed up inside Cinderella Castle to receive and send out calls. And they used uh, the inside of Cinderella Castle for part of that as well, which was quite good. As, also, in, as in literally putting in cables? Yeah, yeah, they were putting in cables plug and plugging in. cables and all that sort of stuff. They did that within Cinderella Castle, yeah, originally. And Crazy of course, stuff. there's also a room which has got Walt Disney's body cryogenically frozen inside it. That is. Um true that is it no it is that is do you believe that is true it's gotta be everybody talks about it um yeah everyone there's, well there's kind of several myths isn't there to do with with cinderella castle and, and disney and all those sort of things so okay it's time to play a little bit of a game okay oh, and i'm going to use some of our effects that we've used before okay so the question is is this true or is it false so number one question walt disney's body is cryogenically frozen inside cinderella castle what do you think what do you think well it depends right there's conspiracy theories yeah, on all sorts of stories yeah. now i have got no personal proof to say that he was cremated yeah and he died of cancer lung cancer however you know you, you, you could say that that happened and you could have frozen him so I'm, I'm gonna say it could be true false there you go no it's not true it's a complete lie uh if you've not listened to the christmas episode of uh, disney brit we did when we had jim caucus versus jim hill there's a very very funny story that they tell you need to listen to that it's to do with the imagineers and a sculpted head of walt disney <laughs> I'm not going to say any more. Just go back to that episode and listen to that. Uh, but they'll tell you that he's not cryogenically frozen. He is actually buried. And, uh, so it's not true. And also in the beer fridge. It's, yeah, and also can be found in a beer fridge. Um, also, another one then. the uh, Another one. Is it... True! Or is it... False! That, during a severe hurricane, the Magic Kingdom's Cinderella Castle can be dismantled in order to protect it. I don't think it can be dismantled. However, I think in a hurricane force wind, it would be disassembled and spread all over the kingdom. Right. Well, in that case, if you're thinking if it's a really, really bad hurricane, true, that probably would happen. The truth <laughs> is, the answer is false. Yeah, they, it would be much easier to build a castle that could withstand hurricane winds than it would be to build one that they would have to. Quick, there's one coming. Right, I'll yeah. drop the roof yeah. down. Quick, do it, do it. There's also another uh, myth, which is also false, uh, which people believe that Cinderella Castle could be lowered into the ground in order for uh, it to be um, sort of during a hurricane, which obviously couldn't happen for two reasons. One, because that was a massive amount of technology that uh, would be needed in order to do that, and a very, very big hole, bearing in mind this thing's 189 feet in the air. But also because underneath it, 
is the sea. It's or the, the ground water. Or the utilidors, yeah. The utilidors are right. so. Can you so imagine though, if you did move a building nearly two hundred feet underground yeah. to obviously hide it away? How long are you gonna have to have your flexible gas pipes for your kitchen? <laughs> they have to be they have to be like pipes that you get on your your, your hoovers. Yeah, it would be crazy. <laughs> it would be so obviously um, that's why it doesn't happen. Okay, let's give you some of the facts then. So it took 18 months to build. Obviously completed in 1971. It's actually completed in July 1971. I've already told you 189 feet tall. The moat is filled around the the uh, the, the castle. The moat is actually filled with 3.37 million gallons of water, which is a huge amount of water. So 3.3 million gallons of water in that moat around uh, the castle. And uh, what else have we got there? Oh yeah, and the castle was designed based on, I've got to get this right, the Neshwanstein Castle in Bavaria. Your Bavarian is very good. It's almost as good as your French. Um, yes. So there we go, that's what it's designed on. Um, there was one fact that I mentioned earlier that you went, you hadn't even thought about or hadn't even seen. Which was these gargoyles. Yeah. Apparently, according to Adam's notes, and I'm, I'm going to see this thunder out this one. Adam, did you know? Because I'm reading the <laughs> notes. There was 13 gargoyles. Well, there is 13 gargoyles on the outside of the castle. Yeah. What's that? And I was like, really? So I've actually had a look at the, the picture of the castle. Yeah. And they pretty much is. Yeah, there is. Well, at least at least four. I could see four. But there are these gargoyles, and not many people necessarily see these gargoyles, but they're definitely there. They definitely exist. So that's yeah. quite cool. That's a weird one. It is a weird one, but it's it's true. There we go. So uh, you've got the gargoyles there, which are, and you've got your 27, 20, I've forgotten how many now, uh, towers. 27, 27, but it was 29, uh, 29 mentioned. That's right. Uh, what else have we got in there? Oh, I've, now, the castle has a drawbridge. There's another reason why they can't move the castle up and down. The castle has a drawbridge, drawbridge, and the drawbridge doesn't move. The drawbridge is in place. The one in Disneyland does. They can actually raise that drawbridge. But the one in uh, what Disney World, they can't move at all. So that's quite good. You know, you know we, we refer to this as a drawbridge, right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking at some pictures online at the moment. Yeah. To me, it looks as more like a stone bridge above a, a moat. Well, yeah, but it, it's the design to be. It's supposed to be a drawbridge. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll let you off. It's I'm not going to much more solid than that. Totally argue you in the ground there, but okay, you're wrong. Enough. I'm right. Now let's talk about the inside of the castle slightly. Uh, I don't know how many of you have kind of gone into the castle and looked at these amazing mosaics that are in there. Have you had sort of taken any time to look at these? I on one of my earlier trips to Disney World, I do remember seeing all the the mosaics, mm -hmm. and I'll be honest, I seem to have struggled to get under the castle on the past three or four trips. It's almost yeah. as though it's always been closed you off. Got dreaming along with Mickey going on, you can't get down there. Probably, and that's probably always when I'm trying to squeeze through. Probably. Well, these are amazing. Uh, it was an imaginary called uh, Dorothea Redmond who actually was the head of a team of about six people. Um, there was a guy called Hans Joachim Scharf, I think his name is, if I remember rightly, who was got the lead mo uh, mosaicist at the time that they did it. They Each of these um, five mosaics are about 15 feet by 10 feet. Uh, and they In these arches. And it took them about 22 months to complete them. There's Three about three hundred thousand pieces of Italian glass, about five hundred different colours. The tiles are all hand cut, hence the reason why they had to have this team of mosaicists that came over and did it. Um, they are fused with silver. There's some fourteen karat gold in there as well. And if you look really carefully, the size of some of these tiles, some of them are massive and some of them are 
absolutely minuscule. They reckon something about the size of the head of a pin as well. So that, you know, we're talking about seriously small here, which is yeah, really cool. It is, it is fantastic detail. But it's one of those things that people overlook. They kind of see it and go, oh, that, that looks cool, and keep walking and don't necessarily look at exactly what they are. But um, it is cool. So you need, you need to, next time you're in Disney World and you're heading through the castle, do stop and look at those. Now, I, I was looking at the difference between, now depending on where we go with Hollywood Studios, this kind of works as well. Um, this right. is the only attraction that has, or the only icon that has something slightly different to all of the other icons in each of the different parks. Um, Can you, what is different about this one to the others? Any guesses? Even those of you at home who can it, be thinking about this as well. It's not just Alan. It's grey. It's grey, yes. The others, well, Spaceship Earth, Space it's sort of Space Mountain. Spaceship Earth's kind of greyish. It's more its uses, really, than anything else. Right, the restaurant. Yep, so it's the only icon in which it has a restaurant you can eat in. Have you eaten in there? Have I eaten it? No. Through I've choice got, or through not being able to get a book I in? have a boy, and it's a lot of money, and... Hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa. If, if we go back to the Disney episodes of years one, two, and three, yeah. you, never, you never took Harry. That's true. No, I haven't eaten there. <laughs> okay, so it's got a restaurant, yes. Um, I'm going there, by the way, this year. Oh, yeah, well, you've got girls, that's fine. I'd have done it without my girls. Oh, you're doing it without, okay. Equally fine. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's got a restaurant there and a very expensive one is that. Yep. For what you get, but I don't know what I'm getting because I haven't been yet. Fine. Anything else? It, it's also got something very common with all the other um, icons. Yes. Which and, is, uh, exists within a park? Mm, there is that. It's has been modified for an anniversary. It has been modified for an anniversary. Uh, we, we'll come back to that in a second. I'll give, we'll give you the other two. One, it's the only icon you can stay in. Yep. Even though one of them might be... Not really. Well, we'll see. Well, yeah, it within theory. And it's also the only one without what we would call an attraction, as in a ride or something of that nature. Disney do class the mosaics as sort of an attraction. But... It's the only one that doesn't have an attraction. But it is one that's been modified. Let's talk a little bit about these modifications then. Because there's yeah. been some very interesting modifications. Um, we obviously, for Disneyland's 50th, we had the um, mirror that was put on the front of it that would turn and show all the castles from all over the different parks. That was quite cool. We quite like that. That was part of the... Was it Million Dreams? Year of Million Dreams? Um, I think it was kept for Year of Million Dreams, but it was originally to do with Disneyland's 50th. Ah, right, uh, okay. It, so those it, two it was, separate events. Yeah, those two separate events. Uh, it was also modified for the open of Stitch's Great Escape. Did it have toilet paper wrapped around it? It had toilet paper draped all over it, yes. I do remember seeing it with toilet paper draped all over it. Um, Brilliant. It was modified for <laughs> Disney World's 25th anniversary. Was that uh, the cake? Yeah, that was the cake. The less we talk about the cake, the better. Oh. That was brilliant because all these people that had decided to go to Disney World on their honeymoon or for the wedding because they thought they'd get some photographs in front of the castle. Yeah. Started cancelling yeah. their weddings. They did, yeah. There were people who were supposed to get married in. And there were people who were going to um, um, Walt Disney World for this once in a lifetime trip and were looking forward to having their photo taken in front of the castle to send back to their family. And they walked into the park 
and realised that this big pink monstrosity had appeared in in the park, and it was uh, it was something that people then couldn't kind of have a normal photo taken, and they thought it was absolutely horrendous. So yeah, it was 1997 that was, believe it or not. We're talking nearly 20 years ago that that happened, and people are still moaning about how horrendous it was. It's, it was, in, in a way, it was absolutely brilliant because it was so horrendous. It was clever, but it just wasn't good. If, if you look at it, compare it to the castle. Like if you view the castle then, when the 25th anniversary, yeah. and you view it now, it totally looks like a totally different castle. Yeah, it does. Like this, even the size of it, it looks smaller than what, what we see now. Yeah. And um, I think it was all inflatable ice in, wasn't it? Something along those lines. I don't remember how exactly they did it, but yeah. Imagine the the guy that starts to paint the castle. He gets the tin of pink out. <laughs> Are you sure you want yeah. this? Are you sure you want to do this? You can't undo it when you've done it. <laughs> oh, it'd be horrendous. Um, of course, we have to talk about the false perspective element because you were talking about it looks smaller than it normally does. Cinderella Castle, along with a lot of other attractions, a lot of icons, use this false perspective. So the higher up it gets, the, the proportions change and basically the design proportions become smaller. So it means the top of the spire is actually half of what it is supposed to be. Yeah. Um, so it does use that to make it look a lot bigger than it actually is. Is there anything else we've missed? Oh, we, oh, One of the things I think is really important to mention that we haven't looked at is the coat of arms. Now, you've already mentioned the restaurant. Inside the restaurant at Cinderella's Royal Table, there is um, loads of coat of arms in there for all sorts of Imagineers. I know Mark Davis is in there, um, Claude Coates is in there, etc. And you can see all of those different family coats of arms. But of course, Walt Disney, being Walt Disney and being the man that created the park, you'll actually find the Disney coat of arms both on the front and the back of the castle. Ah. I think that's really important uh, that that's there because obviously it's the only weenie, the only icon that, that Walt really was fully involved in creating from beginning to end. Well, not quite end, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So that's there. And um, one last little tip. Oh, well, I was going to add one. Oh, go on. You got one, come. Yeah. It was to do with um, Tinkerbell flying from the castle. Yeah, because they, they obviously do bits and pieces to do with all of those nighttime spectacular. What have you got, go on. Which, because of the false perspective, yeah. if you actually watch Tinkerbell come out of a window, she looks a lot bigger than yes, you imagine. Does. Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> yeah, because the perspective is so small. Yeah. Um, Quite amusing, but anyway. That's very funny. But that's, that's part of the, you know, the nighttime element of that. We've, they've used the castle in so many different ways over the years. It's been, we've, we've gone from just having fireworks to having fireworks around and on the castle. We've now got projection that's going on, a cast, on the castle as well. You know, at Christmas we have um, the Christmas lights that go on there. There's about 200,000 LEDs that end up on that castle at Christmas time as well. So that's a massive uh, change to things that they've done before. Um, and then... Um, you know, you get the Hallowishes and all that sort of stuff, and they're starting to use the castle in lots and lots of different, very clever ways these days. Um, one last, my one little tip before we move on. Okay. And this is something that's quite cool, and it's something that you don't necessarily know and look out for next time you're there. You've got, if you look really carefully, there's a three circle design on a lot of the fences that go around. And when the sun is just right in the sky and it's not cloudy, then if you look really carefully, it actually makes a hidden Mickey shadow on the sidewalk. So there you go, there's one to check out when you're next there. It's better than the uh, the stonework by the Houses of Parliament. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes a slightly different um, shadow pattern. The least you say about that, the better. 
Right, so that is uh, Cinderella Castle then. So let's move on to the second one that was built, which is, um, I think, one of my favourites. I don't know about yours. And that is Spaceship Earth. This thing, quite frankly, is immense. It is huge. It is huge. It is massive. You know, you look at this big ball right in front of you and you think, you know, it's just huge. And the thing is, this is the this is what we talk about, about force perspective, right? That the geosphere is 165 feet in diameter, right? That's actually mm -hmm. 20 feet less than Cinderella Castle. It does um, weigh 16 million pounds, though. So I wouldn't try to pick it up. It probably cost that. It, but yeah, probably did. No, not they wouldn't cost that now. It probably did when they did it. Um, yeah, so 165 feet in diameter, weighs 16 million pounds, encompasses 2.2 million cubic feet of space, and has an outside surface diameter of 150,000 square feet. And I'm, I'm just checking up on what you've said about something in, this, in your notes. Uh oh, go on. And um, he's just he's just checking something. It's actually not the yeah. biggest thing in 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 Epcot. Now, you think it would be, but it's not. Um, it's not the biggest thing by um, quite some way as well. Spaceship Earth, you look at it and you think that is huge. So think to yourself, what is possibly bigger than Spaceship Earth, size-wise, diameter-wise, height-wise? Is anything bigger than 165 feet? Some people might think the buildings for soaring. Nope, it's not that. It's one thing that you see if you, when you go to the park, you probably wouldn't even imagine. And it's actually the main tank at the seas with Nemo and friends. I don't know if you've noticed, you've always looked at how big these tanks are as you go past, as you're yeah. on the, the Nemo ride. But apparently, believe it or not, you can actually put Spaceship Earth inside that tank and fully submerge it. Never? Yeah, apparently so. That's how big the tanks are. We knew they were always huge, but you can put Spaceship Earth and fully submerge it into one of those main tanks. And uh, and it will fit inside. So that... as Kill all the fish. It would kill all the fish and uh, and suck up all the water, through yeah. uh, which we'll go into in a minute. Suck up all the water, but yeah, it's it's not the biggest. Talking about sucking up all the water, you probably wonder why what, what we're talking about. Have you ever noticed that if it's raining, you can stand under underneath the ball of Spaceship Earth and not get wet? It's very clever. It's because each of these little triangular panels that they've got is actually 11,324 of these triangular panels. And they um, are built in a way that when the water runs down, it's actually got a drainage system that collects all of the water and sends all that water to refill World Showcase Lagoon. So you'll never yeah. get wet. It's a really great place to stand. If it's an absolute torrential downpour, stand yourself under a spaceship Earth. You are not going to possibly get wet. Now, you were looking at a fact. Did you find Yeah, it? I was looking at a fact. And... Uh, I'm glad I double checked because I was right. No, go on. What have I got wrong? Right. Okay. It's. It's. it's I think it's terminology that you've used. Right? Did I use geosphere rather than geodesic dome? No, no, no. Oh, go on. The material that uh, Spaceship Earth is made out of yeah. is famously known as a Luca bond. That's right. Okay. Now, I when when I heard about this a Luca bond, I thought excellent, brilliant, because I actually use a very similar product. For making signs right right okay and it what luca bond is it's a aluminium composite not material. A compound not compound oh, okay that's that's, close. that's what the difference was now apparently what a composite is is several materials right sort of together yeah right so the way that a luca bond works is it's got two layers of aluminium and a like a polyurethane material in the middle so right. it's two sheets of metal and some plastic in the middle 
for argument's sake, which makes it lighter and also makes it more usable in terms of manufacturing. Okay. Um, and it's the same product that we use in 90% of our signs. Oh, there you go. It's, fair, and it's, it's not self-cleaning, but it's fairly easy to clean, isn't it? Yeah. Hence the reason why they used it, and obviously it can withstand high temperatures and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, totally, and it's, um, it's, I think, well, you can get it in all sorts of different finishes, and um, the, I think I've gone for a self, self-coloured finish. <laughs> what are you saying? When when they went up to Michael Eisner and gang, and they went, okay, we've decided we're going to build Spaceship Earth from a geodesic shape. You've got several finishes you can choose from. Yeah. <laughs> so so what, what have you got? Is it all white? Because obviously this is 1980-something, yeah. we've got white. We've got white, we've got this. Yellow, like green, or blue. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the other thing we haven't mentioned that's uh, to do with the shape and the design of it, it's obviously got six legs that support it. These six legs, believe it or not, are sunk 100 feet into the ground. Never. So we're looking at the actual... That's below the sea. Yeah, so we're looking at the actual size of this plate. Although it's 165 feet above ground, we've got another 100 feet below ground. So it actually, if it was to stand on its legs above the ground, it's actually 265 feet in the air. Which is pretty yeah, massive. Pretty tall. It took them over two years to build. It took them about twenty-six months to build Spaceship Earth as well. So you can see what kind of um, an immense feat of engineering it was for that particular attraction to be built. Uh, the thing is, you, you think about the outer shape, the outer shell. There's not just that. There's the outer shell and there's the inner shell, and then you've got mm-hmm. the actual ride system inside that particular shell as well. It's amazing to think that that has got an attraction inside it. And not only a, a one attraction, uh, it's about a 16 minute attraction and um, is believed to be one of the most highly visited attractions in the whole of Walt Disney World. It is one of there's the... there's never if a not queue. The, there's never a queue. Well, actually you say that, I've been a few times and it has been, but it's believed to be the most ridden attraction in Walt Disney World um, for, for guest throughput per year. I suppose it is continuous loading, isn't it? It's continuous loading and you, you see this queue as you walk into the park and you go, what's this then? You go and get in the queue and you find out what it is. Um, yeah. So, there we go. That was um, apparently the, the highest... Highest three Highest point, something. Highest attended, I suppose, ride. Uh, one interesting thing to, to share with you. Um, the, you all know that Spaceship Earth has a nickname. What everybody calls it. Or Barry. people call it Barry. That's right, Barry. Or sometimes Gina. It depends uh, which... <laughs> If you come from Brazil, it's Juanita. Um, <laughs> that's all the Brazilian listeners just turned off. Um, no, they, people quite often will call it the golf ball. Yeah. Particularly if you're not a Disney fan, or you know, and the people go, "Oh, look at the golf ball." If it really or a was golf a golf fan. ball, if it were golf, yeah, or you're a golf fan. Um, if it was to be a golf ball, the golfer who was going to hit that golf ball would need to be one mile tall. There we go. Do you know anyone who's that got is- a mile tall? Unfortunately, I don't. No, I don't either. But there you go. That's so. That's why it's still in place. That's why. That's why it's that no one's been tall enough to hit it yet. So how long would his clubs have to be? Oh, I would say your clubs are about half your height. So I'd say clubs probably have to be about half a mile long. You see, you just created a new fact there. There you go. I just. I don't know whether that's right. I may have just made that up. But um, of course, just like Cinderella's Castle, Spaceship Earth also had its own makeovers 
for lots of uh, different things. In 1988 was the first time that it was used for something. Uh, they had a show, which I don't know whether anybody remembers this, and it was a quiz question we used. And in fact, Lee Cockrell we got with this one. Uh, I was ever so proud of that fact. In 1988, uh, they had the Epcot Daredevil Circus Spectacular, which was performed four times a day. It was in, in Future World. And as part of the act, they had two what they called space cyclists who would race towards Spaceship Earth and a high wire. And also, you would have the Rodriguez family. I don't think they're a family that just turned up at the park and went, Rodriguez family! <laughs> um, they'd perform tra uh, trapeze acts around the sphere too as well. So that it was part of this uh, this Epcot Daredevil Circus Spectacular in 1988. But of course, there was then the controversy that happened with Spaceship Earth as part of the Millennium Celebration. I don't know whether you actually saw this. Did you I, see it I, was, I was there when it happened. Right, go on then. Uh, what was your opinion on this? When they put a giant Mickey's hand and the word 2000 next to it. Yeah, so... Um, and, I, and I thought, why? So yeah, Mickey's hand holding 2000. Yeah. Um, sure, well, to me, right, okay. <clears throat> if, we, if we get the whole yeah thing out of the way, first of all. Yeah. When we went to Disney World last time, my wife was freezing cold and she got herself a Mickey Mouse top. And in yeah. big letters it said, 2012. Yeah. And I was thinking... Oh, great. You can't wear that next year, can you? <laughs> no, you can't. But no, Disney thought about that, though. Because in 2000, just after the millennium had happened, they didn't change the 2000 for the word Epcot. I was, I, did it not hang around for like a couple of years before they did that? No, I, I'm pretty certain they did it. In t they replaced it in 2000. Right, okay. Imagine if they left that for two years and everyone's going, what? We're going back in time. Um, that then made it the tallest attraction or tallest building in the whole of Disney World. It took it up to 257 feet. It was actually taller than Twilight Zone Tower of Tower, which was the tallest at that particular point. But then it was flashing light on. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, had a flashing light on that point. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, and then, of course, that 2000 went. The 2000 itself, believe it or not, that just the word 2000 was 36 feet tall, um, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, and, and words as, as a sign maker, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that imagine room. that. Someone rang. Imagine Disney rang you up and said, "Right, we want the word 2000 made. It's got to be 36 feet tall. Um, we want it to weigh about 50 tons. Can you do it?" And I'll be like, "Do you not realise what the shipping's going to be on that?" Yeah, imagine. <laughs> I can barely get a job up to the Outer Hebrides. Uh, imagine it'd be amazing. But there you go. That's it, it, Spaceship Earth. But yeah, I, I, I don't think they should have messed with it. No. But obviously right. once that... Did they take the word Epcot down and leave the hand there for a yeah, while? Yeah, they did. The hand then survived a few more years by itself and then obviously went back to what it was, to its original self. And then the next time it was messed with... Was? When they announced... Was it Monstrous Summer? Yeah, and then in the evening you would have the back of Spaceship Earth turned into uh, Mike. Mike Wazowski. Which I thought was pretty cool. It was quite cool, actually. And they do project onto it uh, after illuminations, I think, these days. Certainly, last time I was there, they were projected onto it with a laser. Now, I don't know whether they've stopped doing that or not. I haven't, haven't heard they have. But um, yeah. I think the laser projection stuff is a bit dated. Yeah, it is a little but, bit. But, but then um, Epcot slightly is dated as well. That is true. <sighs> Controversial. It is a little bit. But, you know, hey. Right, there we go. There's two down. We're going to take a very, very quick break and then we're going to be back with our other two. Didn't we say this show was going to run long? Didn't we just? We should be back in about one minute's time. 
Want to keep up to date with all the latest Disney news and rumors? Then make sure to check out www.disneybrit.com, your number one source for the magical world of Disney. She's a town attorney and my fiancée. What? <laughs> just kidding. She just likes me for my body. Right, it's Disney Brit Bite Size, and we are talking park icons, and we've managed to get through two. We've got two more to go. But the question is this. What is our next park icon? Now, Alan. Well, I'm, I'm going to say we're going to go Animal Kingdom because... Do you want to go Hollywood Studios last? Be- yeah, because I think that's going to go quite controversial because I've just read your notes. Yeah. And you've missed a bit out. All right. You're going to quickly do some research now. So yeah, okay. Animal Kingdom, my favourite park of all time. Yep. And its icon is the Tree of Life. Yep. A giant 14-storey tall, 50-foot wide tree. Pretty much, yeah. So this one's about, what, 145 feet? Yeah. So in comparison to all the others, it's the smallest icon of all of them. But I think it's the best. It's very clever, you know, and it's also, again, it's a little bit like the others. It's, um, in theory, hasn't got an attraction inside it. It's got an attraction underneath it. In theory. I was going to have a a factoid on that one. Go on. Because all the other icons, you could go inside. Good one. I like it. Yes. There you are. There's the second one for the book. That's another one for the book. This is our book of two facts that we've learnt. Oh no, we've got three because we've got a golf club's half a mile tour. Yeah, you know, and there we go. Um, this is the only one as well that's got its own backstory. Uh, it, dependent on what we decide on with Hollywood Studios. Um, it's the only one that. Okay, I'll, I'll rephrase. It's the only icon that was built as an icon that has a backstory. Okay, yeah. Um, so the, the story is, and this is officially what Disney said, Once upon a time, no vegetation would grow on Discovery Island. There was no trees, no shrubs, no flowers, nothing. It was a barren piece of land. Then one day, a tiny ant planted a seed and made a wish. He asked for a tree to grow, a large, a tree large enough to provide shelter for all the animals. Magically, the ant's wishes came true and a tree began to grow. And it kept growing until there was enough room beneath its limbs for all the animals from A to Z. And as the tree continued to reach the heavens, the images of all the animals that took shelter beneath its shade appeared on its trunks, roots, and branches. So that's apparently the story that goes with um, Tree of Life. I, I like the story. Yeah. I, I would like to think that um, all these animals were just snoozing by the tree and then it just encased them. <laughs> like, the spark grew over it. What, like... It's not Jurassic Park, you know. We've not got them encased in in amber and fossilized. Did you ever see the um, the oh, it's called like a lawnmower that was encased in a tree. It's I think it was Wilderness Lodge. No, I don't think I did. Okay, well there used to be a um, lawnmower that had been leaning up against a tree, and as the tree had grown, it had grown over the handles of the lawnmower. Brilliant. And um, I would, that's what I would like to have thought would happen with these animals. Okay, so that's what you think. They were there sleeping and it just engulfed them in the tree. Yeah. Well, there's Disney officially say there are over 300. 
Animals. 300 animals on the tree. Over 300 different species or different types of animal on this tree. Now, you know, I think it's as close as Disney can get because I know they've added some more recently. Yeah. So we don't know exactly. The, there are, of course, people who have gone and tried to count every single one. And some other people claim there's over 325 um, we don't know, but they're on the roots, or on the trunk, they're on the branches, they're everywhere. You know, you need to literally spend all day with a pair of binoculars and a long zoom camera to try and work out where they all are. Disney have said, though, that the tree includes lion, deer, eagle, monkey, pelican, rhinoceros, hippopotamus, bear, tortoise, lemur, scorpion, and dolphin. So that just leaves about another 289 that they've And it also about. includes ant. And ant, yeah, they've missed ant off. That's a very good point. There's definitely an ant there. I've seen that. Yeah, and as ant kind of is in the story, you would expect. You thought that it'd been one of their listed items. And also, bear in mind that the uh, list are says animals from A ants to Z zebras. Zebras have got to be on the list as well, surely. Yeah, not to be confused with the stripy horses. No, so they've they've missed ant and zebra off. There's two more they could have had on that particular list. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, the the construction of the thing. Yeah. It's quite clever because, and th this is a thing where we can clear up one of these facts that gets blown out of proportion. Yeah. Different sources say that the Tree of Life is built on an oil rig. Yeah, there was there was talk of this, wasn't there? And there was, there was a story that says that an oil rig platform had been found on property and they reused it. But yes. From... From what I understand, and what I've read is, is the facts that I've read, that um, they use the technology of, um, I'd have just, I'd have just said it's a question. He <laughs> doesn't want me to say this. <laughs> He's saying, what have I missed out? What have I missed out? Tell me, tell me. You're to say anything. Anyway, come on, come on. <laughs> Sorry about that, Adam. Right, okay. So what they've used, they use the technology that they use for building oil rigs and yeah. oil platforms. Yeah. For making the base of the tree so they've used sort of like a wide based pole thing system they haven't actually used an is oil rig is that the exact terminology a wide spring yeah. pole thing system that's what it says in disney's a to z okay that's fine and as long as that's rig. accurate that's fine <laughs> yeah so yeah it's, it's not actually an oil rig but it's based on the, te the technology that they use for making oil rigs right okay. and the engineering You've, you've ran away and left me. No, I'm still here. I'm still here. While, while we're talking, I'm just looking for my Animal Kingdom book so I can try and clarify that. But um, I, I can find mine quicker, but I'm slow at turning the pages. Um, also, there is about 103,000 translu translucent green leaves being placed on the tree by hand. They're all individually placed. They're all plastic. A bit like what they did on um, Swiss Family Robinson's tree, but they did a better job this time, I think. Yeah, these these were pretty impressive. I don't know how many branches are on the tree, or how many were originally on the tree, but they seem to start falling off recently. <laughs> well, yeah, there, there was a bit of an issue, wasn't there, where they had to close the whole of Discovery Island. And this this attraction was modified with um, some safety nets. And also it's been modified since by adding more roots and branches outside of the trees area to suggest the trees grown further. I've just got my um, my big 
thick designing Disney parks, the architecture of re uh, reassurance here to see if it tells me anything about old rigs, but there's nothing in there about old rigs. Uh oh, you got the wrong book then, that's what it was. I've clearly got the wrong, no, I've, I've, I've got that one. I've got the yeah, Imagineer's Guide as well, but it's I can't seem to see it on my shelf, which doesn't help. Um, and I doubt it's going to be in the Disney Mountains Imagineering the Park book because it's not a mountain. So I can't find it. Do you know what the Latin is for this tree? Uh, I is, is, does it start Disney Odendrum like the Swiss one did? Could do. I don't know what it is. Because I know the the Swiss Family Robinson one is Disney Odendrum ex, Eximus. Ex, ex, yeah, Disney Odendrum Eximus. Eximus. I've ex, got that. Disney Odendrum Eximus. But um, I don't remember whether this has got a Disney name and if it has I can't remember what it's called you know originally what? it was going to have a restaurant inside it called the Roots Restaurant oh well, there's a surprise and um, the gift shop probably well I know it's, it's obviously a, the, the tree is very well recognised the shape of it you'll find in things like uh, the Lion King quite often when it will appear um, and in fact, I know the Lion King, I think, used the Tree of Life as um, an icon for a special release of one of their DVDs as well, at some point, if I remember rightly. It's a Banyan tree, is what they call it. But I don't believe, because unlike Swiss Family Robinson, it isn't a real tree, so to speak, and this one is, I think they just, I don't think they give it a Disney name. I, may be I think it. I think it did have have a Disney name, but I'll be honest. I've got no idea what it is. If you do know and what the name no of this tree is, in my book will help you. If you do know what the name of this tree is, if it's got a Disney name and you can't remember what it is, send us an email, radio at disneybrit.com, and we can um, we can decide between us all as to what exactly the name of this tree is because I I can't remember if it's got a Disney name. What it's called? Okay. In in the animal kingdom, there's yeah. over four million living plants in the park. I know, and this I, tree you know is I not one of them. This is amazing that there's four million living plants in this park. Now you know there's obviously a lot. But four million? No wonder the temperature in there is much higher than it is anywhere else. But again, it's another construction because obviously it's not real. It took them 18 months to build this. They had about three Imagineers, ten artists who were walk literally working on this full time for 18 months in order to get it finished. That's one big art project, isn't it? Just a bit. It's, it's one a, the, the, the detail on it is absolutely immense, and it is. you know, this is this is one of the reasons why I, I love this park so much. And there's there's many sort of paths around it. Yeah. You, you know, in terms of the attractions or the icons as, as attractions, yeah. to me, this tree has got more about it than everything else. You know, I, I could spend hours walking around it and going, oh, there's a there's a dolphin, there's a scorpion, there's a lemur, because obviously that's all listed off by Disney. Yeah. Whereas at no point have I ever gone in and go, ah, oh, 13 gargoyles. No. I've, I've never gone in and go, hidden guttering system. <laughs> you see, you I, know, have, I have done that. <laughs> yeah, I've been sent up to do guttering system. Yeah. Um, but I think there's because of the way that it's, it's created and the way that it's, it's meant to blend in, Yeah. it makes it a bit more interesting. Yeah, I think it is. I think you did right. I think it really does. Well, there you go, that's Tree of Life. So that brings us down to one the controversial thing. one. The controversial thing. Is it... Is it this? Or is it this? <laughs> it is neither. So which one do we think is the park icon for Hollywood Studios? 
of the future. Of the future, of, of whatever it's going to become, whatever it's going to be known as. What is this going to become? Right, Alan, what is your thoughts behind whatever this is going to become? Right, okay. Well, obviously, we start at what was the current situation yeah. and the source of the sketch. The sources make Ethan hat came down. The worst park icon ever. Well, it was the only it, thing. Go it on. Was by default, wasn't it? You know, it was. I don't think it was ever built to become a park icon. It was built to be part of the Hundred Years of Magic. It was built to be a, a pin trading station, a place which had interactive computers. You can go and find out more. And it, they all kind of went, and it just stayed. They just didn't get rid of it. So it then, kind of by default, became the kind of icon of the park because it hid the original icon of the park. Ooh, hold that thought there, Mr. Goodger. Go on. All right, okay. Well, first of all, going back into the hat. Yeah. In terms of complexity of structure, all right, fair enough, it was a, a cone-shaped hat that was tilted off to an angle. Yeah. The design of it was so flat and boring, whereas everything else has got quite a complexity to it. That is true, yeah. And th this, to me, it always looked like a temporary item, and I believe it was built as a temporary item. Was it for Mickey's birthday? Um, no, it was for the hundred years of magic. It was for Walt's hundredth right. anniversary, wasn't it? Okay. Well, um, obviously the idea wasn't meant to last as long as it did. Yeah. But it took about three weeks to get pulled down yeah. by some some construction crew that had too many burritos. Now, you said the original icon. Yeah. Now I know where you're going with this. I'm I'm glad because. Yeah, go on. Unless I am totally wrong and totally mistaken, wasn't the original icon the Eiffel Tower? Well, it kind of, in a way, it kind of was. Um, Eiffel Tower is obviously the the tower that you see on the backlot tour, yeah, which it, is a big water. It kind of was, and then tower. it was. It was kind of that and the Chinese theatre that became these icons together in a way, but I would say that. The Chinese theatre became more of the icon than the Eiffel Tower did. Personally. Of course you would, because you put that in your notes. Well, no, it, you know, Eiffel Tower, what was it about? It was 163 feet. It didn't have any water in it. <laughs> you know, it wasn't it wasn't used for anything. It was in the back lot. It wasn't a overly noticeable icon in the sense that the Chinese theatre was. Um, so I would I would argue that. It was the Chinese theatre that was the icon rather than the Eiffel Tower. I think the Eiffel Tower was quirky, and that's probably the reason why people said it would be. But I, I wouldn't say that it would definitely be. But then again, it's, you know, it's my opinion. I don't know. Yeah. Well, like going back into... We, we went to the studios when it was first opened. Yeah. And... I'm I'm sure that the advertising of it was all about, well not all about, you know, it's, it's quite a boring park. That come and look at this water tower, but that Eiffel Tower was one of the things that they always pointed out and was always done in the advertising. And I think if you look at um, some of the advertising for, oh, what's it called, Walt Disney Studios at Paris, yeah, the early stuff did have the Eiffel Tower as that icon. It did. And I think that's, I think that the, the, the water towers, I dare say, symbolised 
filmmaking at the time. Okay, let, let, this isn't a very scientific way of doing it, but if you put into Google, Disney MGM Studios Park Icon, mm -hmm. two images appear more prominently. The Sorcerer Mickey Hat and the Chinese Theatre. And Mickey Mouse. Mick, uh, Mickey Mouse, yeah. Right, okay. Um, so, here, here then. Go on. Let me read this. The Eiffel Tower, constructed in 1989, yeah. is the first of two of the two water towers and was the original icon of Disney's Hollywood Studios. Yeah. Along with the Chinese Theatre facade. So he told you. So I was... Uh, are we going to share that then? Okay, we'll share, it. So the, the, we'll share it as the two then, yeah. But the question is, what is now going to become the icon of the park? Now, it depends what the outcome of the park is going to be. This is true, but I'm just putting it out there that at the moment, if you go on to the My Magic uh, Experience app and you go down to the bottom and you look at what is going on on the different park icons, the current icon on there is the Tower of Terror. Mm. Now, Tower of Terror would work in the sense that it's a weenie just as the castle is just as the you know just as, as spaceship earth is just as the tree of life is i would argue that groman's chinese theater isn't but in terms of say cinderella cinderella castle yeah at the center of the park gives you a sense of direction you know where you're going and you can yeah. always head to it and then you can orientate yourself yeah Tower of Terror is tucked off to one side. It is, but equally, Groman's Chinese Theatre can't be seen from most of the rest of the park. So if you're looking at something that really stands out, you know, if you think of Tower of Terror, the size of it, it's 199 feet, again, built a foot below what it's supposed to be so they didn't have to put the, um, the beacon on top of it. It's also, you can see it from uh, Epcot, and you can supposedly see it from Animal Kingdom. And there's two theories behind this. They well, they they painted it the colour they did, so that it actually blends in with Morocco in Epcot because it, it's a similar colour scheme. But also, right. there's there's I don't know whether this is again a myth or a wives' tale or whatever. That part of the back of um, Tower of Terror, when you look at the back of it, looks a little bit like a lion's face, to then mix in with Animal Kingdom. Whether that's true, I don't know. I've looked. I'll, at it I'll like that one. I've looked at it and I've kind of gone, yeah, maybe. Back of tower of terror. Uh, I, I can kind of see where people are coming from from that, but equally, I'm like, I'm not entirely sure whether or not I agree with that one or believe that's true. So I think it depends on what what we're going here with with Disney. So if we go to Groman's Chinese Theatre now, obviously it's a a replica of the theatre that was opened in 1927, May 1927 in Hollywood, California, um, where it had numerous uh, movie premieres, including Mary Poppins in 1964. It's best known, I suppose, for being the centre of the park. It's got that forecourt. It's got um, something like 200-odd handprints in there of, of um, celebrities who used to cement their hands in there. It, became, it was quite a big thing to start off with. First one, they used to call it the Star Today. And this was quite often a week thing where a celebrity would, there be for, would be for a week and they would do things like motorcades, public interviews, they would do the handprint ceremony, they would do all those bits and pieces. And then it would kind of 
drop off and they would do only one block but they might also do more than one just in case one got damaged so they could then replace it with that original block the first one was done in on the first of may 1989 it was the original musketeer annette finicello who did one and then we had all sorts of people going through to about 91 i think 92 was the last ones that were done um so the the Grandma's Chinese Theatre, the front of the building, was built using the original architecture blueprints. But then, obviously, the inside of it was completely different. So, it's just the front of it. It's the same. Uh, if we go Eiffel Tower, I've already talked about, you know, the, the height of that. And that it's obviously that one building. Is, it doesn't do anything. Um, I'm going to add something into your Chinese Theatre, by the way. Yeah. Um, well, two things. First of all, because it was created from the blueprints, yeah. it, they actually built it with a little... Ticket office, right? Yes, there's it actually is. a little ticket yes, office outside right. the front, yeah, which um, serves no real purpose, but it was included. Um, two, in the footprints in the concrete, one of the stars did a spelling mistake in their own name. They did, but I, as to who it is, I can't remember. It was Charlton Heston. <laughs> Brilliant. Charlton he wrote Heston. Charlton Heston. Char Heston. Charlton Heston. Good lad. Well done, you, Charlton. So, what are we going for, then? That's the question. Tower of Terror or Grohman's? Well, I think that the fact that Disney have gone for Tower of Terror, I think Tower of Terror is going to have to be the one. Do you know what I think? What? I think Tower of Terror will be the temporary one. Yeah. And I think there will be a new one added with the redevelopment of the park. As as they build it and as they... What are they going to... Are they going to have to build a new icon that's something new to... Or they could paint over Epcot to make the Death Star. Okay, in that case, we're going for this. We're going for some eerie Tower of Terror background music then. So let's talk Tower of Terror, because it's the only one we haven't talked about yet then. So Tower of Terror is the, if we're going as the icon, is the only park icon that wasn't specifically built as a park icon. It was built as an attraction. Funnily enough, we say that we can stay inside of Cinderella Castle... But yet you can't stay inside the Tower of Terror, even though it's supposed to be the Hollywood Hills Hotel. So the one building that's supposed to be something you can stay in, you can't actually stay in. Um, Imagineers spent a long time. They watched 150, all 156 episodes of the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, or Twilight Zone, in order to get inspiration for the Tower of Terror. Um, you say it's the first attraction to start as an attraction to become an icon. Um, one of the things I like about this, though, is again, if we go back to what we're talking about with. Um, the uh, Tree of Life. This is an attraction that again has a backstory. Uh, and the one thing I like about the backstory on this one is that actually um, it's partially true. And they talk about that it's supposed mm -hmm. to, the storyline supposed to be set on Halloween night, October thirty first, nineteen thirty nine. People are staying in the Hollywood Tower Hotel. Hollywood Tower Hotel. There's a big storm that happens. Uh, a, a flash of lightning hits one of the lift shafts and causes it to plummet killing all of the occupants inside it and you're going to go inside and you're going to discover what on earth has happened well the truth is during the building of the of the tower of terror it was actually struck by lightning i thought you were going to say that when a lift shaft falls you do die no <laughs> not that one. we could try it uh, but no they, they, it was actually struck by lightning as they built it and uh, i think it's pretty amazing there's also a great um story and i, I forget exactly what it is that's inside the the actual um jar but they were t they were sticking jars of things down inside the main lobby 
just to make sure people obviously didn't steal them. And all these jars were being glued down to the table. And, and an Imagineer left a jar on the side. And it wasn't supposed to be for the attraction. It got, I think, it might even have had his lunch in or something like that. And yeah. without realising, another Imagineer got it, stuck it, and, and stuck it to the table. And to this day, it still exists with all these other jars. And it's not supposed to be there. And if you know what that was, send us an answer yeah, on a postcard. I, I forget off the top of my head what exactly it is that's in there, but um, but it, it is definitely It'd there. It'd be a Subway sandwich. It's one of those attractions of which I have to really build myself up for to go on. I don't know about you, but it, it just scares the bejesus out of me. When you um, say you've done about you, do you mean well, the, the you, listener or me? The listeners, clearly, because it's not you. Uh, yeah, you know me. <laughs> you wouldn't touch it. But um, it's one of those attractions that I, it does scare the life out of me. I have to really, really build myself up to go on it. And then I come off it and go, I forget how amazing that attraction is. But I I would love to do that. I would love it because it's so in-depth theming yeah. on the ride. I can't even say the words because I'm frightened about it. I would love to do it. However, I would love to get out the lift at the top floor and walk down. <laughs> so you want a wimps version, so you can do all of that bit, and when it gets to the top, you can just climb out. Thank you very much, and then it can drop everybody else. Yeah. So it's I like would, I would love that. Like a, you a know, they could, they could put a, a different version where they stand a stair lift all the way down. <laughs> like a mission space alternative. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. Imagine that. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about the building itself and the building and grounds. So the arch architecture of the tower was inspired by multiple Southern Californian landmarks, such as the Biltmore Hotel and the Mission Inn. Uh, the grounds of the Hollywood Tower Hotel were also inspired by California's Griffiths Park and El uh, Elysian Park as well. So very Californian inspiration for this particular attraction. Again, obviously it's called the Hollywood Tower Hotel, so they wanted to keep it that Hollywood theme. Um, some of the sculptured features in the lobby are the work of a 19th century sculptor called August Moreau, and the building features around 27,000 roof tiles. That's pretty... That's a lot of tiles. It's a lot of tiles. When I'm looking at pictures, I can't see any roof at all. Yeah, roof tiles. Oh. 27,000 roof tiles. Which is wow. pretty amazing. As we've already mentioned, the colour scheme is supposed to help it blend in with the Morocco Pavilion over in Epcot. And um, there are there is a myth, I don't know how true it is, that the back of Tower Terror, the part of it was built to look a little bit like a lion, because you can see it from... I can't uh, see that at all. No, I, I struggled when I saw it as well. The one thing is, you talk about it dropping. The truth is, the Tower of Terror doesn't drop. The Tower of Terror is pulled. You That's are, even worse. Yeah, you are pulled down at a rate that is faster than gravity. You get a G-force of 1.3 G as you're pulled down because these um, lifts have this these um, motors in them at the bottom and it literally has two um, wires on it, one at the bottom one at the top, and it pulls you up and down. It's got a series of um, brakes, so if they fail, the others can stop you. And uh, these motors they've got for the lifts are actually more powerful than they were at the World Trade Center. Um, the so Tower of Terror wasn't built to look like a lion on the back. It wasn't. There we go. I, I did wonder whether... Do you I, know why? Why? Because why would it look like a lion when it was before the Animal Kingdom was even conceived? Good question. Was it? There you are. That's one for the fact book. There we go. And, of course, you hear the voice all the way through. You can probably hear in the background now of what is supposed to be Rod Serling. It's not Rod Serling. It's a well-known voice actor by the name of Mark Silverman, who we've had on this show a good while ago now. He came on and uh, and talked a little bit about his work as Rod Serling and all those bits and pieces. But Mark Silverman is actually the voice. And this is this is my favourite one. I was, reading, uh, some inf I was reading a bit of a blog from um, a cast member recently who worked on the Tower of Terror. And this is what they said 
about the Tower of Terror, and I think this is amazing, okay? Um, the break room for the Tower of Terror is actually located between the two drop shafts around the third floor. This means you can hear the screams perfectly as you eat, and the TV shakes whenever one of the units drop. Also, and this this must be weird, also, there are service hallways between the break rooms and the shafts with emergency doors that open into the shaft. If you stand in these hallways when an elevator drops, you can see the whole wall bend outwards from the compressed air in the drop shaft. Mm. How cool is that? Who is not sitting here right now going, I want to go on a backstage tour to the break room of the Tower of Terror? Me. That I'm not. Be, that would be pretty cool. Don't, don't go on the ride. We'll just go to the break room and just go and see this idea, these walls that are able to move. Uh, that would be oh. pretty cool. I, th I think it's I think it's fantastic, and to be fair, I would love to do it, but I just can't get around that drop-in. No, well, well, what we'll do next time, Alan, is we'll go to the park together, and I'll drug you. And then we'll go on it. You know, I, there was one, one time where I thought, I've got to do it. Yeah, and then they walk all the way to the front of the attraction, and you couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. No, how did I know? The family the, park that I couldn't. But the thing compete. is, the, the the queue line doesn't help you at the Tower of Terror. The queue line does does do exactly what it's supposed to do, and just build up that absolute tension. Um, so did you know as well that each of the shift lift shafts have got their own name? But we're going off on a tangent now because we're not talking about the icon; we're talking about the ride itself. Yeah. Um. So. That is what we think then is currently the if whether we decide it's temporary or not the current park icon for Hollywood Studios, and that rounds us off quite nicely, I think, between our yes. four and of course our half an hour show as you can see has just ended nearly an hour and a quarter in, which means it's time <laughs> for this. I can't believe that. What's that? An hour and a quarter. I know, an hour and a quarter talking about park icons. Do you know, we've been doing Disney Brit, um, Disney Brit Right Size, and a lot of people have been really impressed and like the show, which is great. And we've heard some great things from people about how they love the fact that we're bringing something a little bit different and we're spending time talking about particular things. And one of the things I think we find with doing Disney Brit, the main show, is that we don't necessarily get as much time as we wanted to talk about the real ins and outs and the information and the facts and the fun stuff that a lot of people like about Disney. So it's great that we get the opportunity to do it when we do this. Um, but but one of the biggest things we've had from people, feedback is, it's great to hear this music back. <laughs> so they're not bothered about all the chat, it's no, the music. So, so I'm really pleased. No, they, they, they are, they do, but they, they like this. So, so what's the name of this track? And we can save hours of people's time. Oh, yeah. it's, uh, it's basically the Enchanted Suite from the movie Disney's Enchanted. That's what it's Which from. I can't believe they haven't put more of that into the parks. Enchanted, yeah, it was popular, and there was talk about doing a sequel as well. I don't know whether that's going to happen, but <laughs> why are we not talking about Enchanted? Why is this all about? What are you doing to me? Right, it's the end of the show. Wait, I'm going to stop now. I'm going to stop talking about Enchanted because it's just wrong. It's also wrong that I was listening. Uh, we've had a couple of uh, entries in for the next Disney Brit where we're doing Tomorrow's Child and it's what Disney character can you describe? And I listened to one of them and went, I know exactly what that one is. And I, I think it's quite sad that I know what that one is. But anyway, that's completely pointless. <laughs> that's on the next episode of Disney Brit, which will be coming up next week. We are going to be doing uh, the Disney Ultimate uh, attraction we've got the disney brit uh, great disney brit cook-off going on we have another got week to be able to do that child uh, so you can go back onto facebook and, and do that um and we're going to be talking about all well, loads of stuff on the next episode which is really good anyway thank you very much for joining us for this one thank you alan for joining me 
No problem, anytime. Uh, if you've got any comments you want to make with regards to Disney Park icons, do you want to settle this feud as to whether Grumman's Chinese Theatre... I've got to get that right, because I used to keep calling it Chinese Man's Theatre, which is not right. Grumman's Chinese Theatre, or whether it was the Eiffel Tower that was a park icon, then send us an email, radio at disneybrit.com, and do let us know. Also, I want to say thank you to Joel Tomil, who, uh, all the way from lovely Hawaii, who messaged the other day to say that Gideon, on the last episode of the show, who we said... Well, Surely he doesn't have shares. It is um, his mum and dad that own them. No, it turns out that he is the son of the owners of LaughingPlace.com, and he does in fact own shares. So there you go. Um, well. Thank you. For, but see, people do get back to us and share these things, and we do share them with you because I think it's important that you know if you've got something you want to tell us, we're going to share it with everybody else because it was a question we asked that you clearly know the answer to. So thank you, Joel, for uh, for contacting us about that. Um, you can contact us say radio at DisneyBrook.com. You can go over to Facebook.com forward slash DisneyBrook Podcast. You can join in the vote for Disney's Ultimate Attraction and you can join in all the discussions and bits and pieces that go on over there people are posting photos uh, we had a great photo um, only today or yesterday um, from uh, someone making Mickey pancakes and how impressed they were they turned out so they thought they'd post them on the page which is brilliant so thank you very much for doing that you can of course follow us on Twitter at Disney Brit as well and I want to give a quick shout out to um, Disney Podcast Survivors which is something that's just been set up recently which is kind of like the Survivors programme but for Disney podcasts, and this past weekend we managed, we were voted number one, which was brilliant in uh, in that week's poll. So thank you to everybody who voted for us because we had a huge number of people who voted, which was amazing. So thank you to all of you for doing that. Um, and that's pretty. Much, oh, we need to thank say thank you to our sponsor. I nearly forgot Orlando Attraction Tickets. You can go to orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk. They are fantastic for any attraction tickets you need for Orlando. You can pay for them installments. You can put your low deposit down. You can get all sorts of money back if you recommend other people and that sort of stuff too. That's it. How oh, about running out of breath? I think so. We will be back next week for the main Disney Brit show. I say main. This one's gone on for an hour and a quarter. Until then, we'll see you. <laughs>